Are you ready? Now back to Heatwave Sports. Welcome back. Hour two Heatwave Sports Saturday night. You can tune in every Saturday and Sunday for Heatwave Sports right here on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. If you'd like to get interactive here in hour two, Vegas Golden Life fans, we welcome the phone calls. You're not going to like what Tommy and I have to say, and that's how we're going to start this, Tommy. We're going to get it right out into the open right now. 876-1340 at Tom Barton Sports at HW Sports. We have the Stanley Cup Finals to begin tomorrow in Tampa with Montreal and Tampa battling for the right to determine who the champion is this year. Tampa Bay looking to go back-to-back here with the Stanley Cup trophy. But we're going to start with the local news, Tommy, because I think it's a story that, again, if you're a a VGK fan, let the the excuses start to pile up, let the boo-birds come out. Everything about Vegas Golden Knight hockey fans comes true again. Just uh, They're in their own world, man. That's the only way I can put it, and it really disgusts me to think that there's these excuses for what we saw. What we saw, essentially, with Montreal was the better team won this hockey series. It didn't matter about the goaltending. When it came push to shove, Montreal was the better team. And, um, you know, the excuses are plenty, Tom. It's, it's really disgusting to think about this, that instead of people talking about how historic of a win this was for, for Montreal, the city of Canada, the, st- the NHL in general, to have a Canadian team in the finals and a chance for them to win their first Stanley Cup since 1993. Talking about probably the most successful hockey franchise of all time in Montreal. It's more about how Vegas was screwed. Uh, You know, it's never, it never ends here, Tom. It really never ends. So if Montreal is the greatest, one of the greatest wins in the Stanley Cup history, doesn't that mean Las Vegas is one of the worst losses ever? Absolutely, Tim. Absolutely, 100%. And yeah, look, Montreal first Canadian team since 2011. Vegas opened up at more than a 5-1 to one favorite. After game one, it was an 8-1 to one favorite. Me and you cleaned up, and we told everybody the exact game plan, how to make money, right? But let's go. Here we go. Since 1988, the largest NHL playoff series upset in conference finals or Stanley Cup finals, Montreal plus 375 against Las Vegas, depending on where you finally got it. 475 was Vegas. Colorado in 1991, okay, was plus 250. That's less. Montreal plus 230 in 1996. Montreal opened the season at 25-1 to to win the Cup, okay? If the Montreal Canadiens go out and they win the Stanley Cup, Tim, if you include regular season and postseason, they're still not an above 500 team, okay? Um, they, would, they would be 38-36. They would need one more, right? You look at what this Canadiens team did and what they did to Vegas. It humiliated. It is the biggest loss in modern history. Now, you want to go tell me, you know, uh, some team back in, uh, you know, 1942, you might have. I'm telling you that at least since 1988, and that's modern history, really, with, with the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is the biggest loss in modern history. But it also does a couple of more things. Number one, this cements Vegas legacy as an absolute losing Hockey City. The That's what they are. And I said that before the playoffs. I said, be very careful here, Vegas fans. If the Vegas Golden Knights go out and they lose to Colorado, you can accept it. But it's starting to come to a point here, Tim, where you're consistently going out there and you're coming up short. Consistently. And you can say, well, Tom, you know what? We're a winning organization. We're constantly in the playoffs. How are we a losing team? How are we a losing city? How is that possible? Guys, I lived through the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills lost four Super Bowls in a row. Buffalo was elite 
Buffalo had Hall of Fame players. Buffalo got to a Super Bowl four times in a row. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody ever did that. Nobody even came close to that, Tim. But the narrative is Buffalo's a losing city, right? Yeah. The Atlanta Braves actually won a World Series, but Bobby Cox considering a losing manager. Now, imagine dominating your division the way that he did. Imagine dominating the National League the way he did. Constantly back to the World Series, back to the World Series, back to the World Series, back to the World Series. Series. People should look at that as a success. And it is, to a a real fan, to somebody that really understands success. But if you want to talk about the narrative, the narrative is, well, well, they're a loser. Okay? Go to any sport. And you start to talk about guys that got to the mountaintop but couldn't get over the hurdle. Nine times out of ten, if you do it once, you go, okay, it was a good season. You do it twice, okay, something's going on here. You do it three, four times, all of a sudden the narrative turns, you can't win the big one. You, you failed. You are now a loser. The Minnesota Vikings fall into that, where they were elite for a while. In your Baltimore Orioles fell into that during the, uh, during the 90s. The Texas Rangers. During the 90s, there's a lot of teams and a lot of sports that seem to fall into that caveat. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers got one Super Bowl ring and people are going, eh, you know what? Starting to have a legacy, maybe he's a loser. Peyton Manning had that. Peyton Manning was the greatest quarterback of all time before he won his second one. And the Vegas Golden Knights are sitting here with continued success, but they just can't get over the hump. Well, this year they slayed the Dragon. They beat Colorado. And I told you guys before the playoffs, be careful. If you beat Colorado, you have to win it all. They beat Colorado when we came on the air. And I said it that night. I said, be very careful. This is the most important series for Vegas' legacy. And the legacy was, don't be the perennial losers. Don't be the team. Well, the playoffs, you know, they're not going to win. Don't be that team. And people chuckled and they laughed and they wrote us and they called. They wrote us on Facebook. They wrote us on Twitter. At Tom Martin Sports. At HW Sports. What are you talking about? Oh, come on. Vegas is always there. And now, and now we got, we got this team. And I said, yeah, you know what? Look, if you went to the Stanley Cup Finals and you lose to Tampa, the narrative might be able to be brushed aside. But now you have the biggest loss in modern day hockey series history. You are embarrassed and humiliated on the main stage once again. And not because of your play, but because of the numbers that are coming out. How much they were an eight to one favorite after game one. They had a game in hand. They shuffled their goalies and took a top three goalie that's up for the, the award for the best goalie of the year. He may win the best goalie of the year, Tim. They benched him for games. Then they threw in they had the fan base go fighting each other, going neck and neck and just trying to rip each other to shreds because oh Lerner should start. No, he shouldn't start. No, oh it's his fault. Mark Stone is, is, is just absent. He should be on a milk carton somewhere. The guy is just completely gone. Where, where, where did Stone go? Where did the captain go? What happened to him? The Golden Knights are also the first team to play six conference final games and get zero power play goals since 1989. So, Tim, when you start talking about historic things, and we start talking out about historic things, I'm saying 1988. 1989, 1970s, we're talking 40, 50-plus years in some cases, that futility was reached. So every time that you turn on and you sit back and put on something that talks about the amazing run by Montreal, make sure that you understand that attached to that is the amazing failure of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'll, I'll say this, and when you look at the narrative, right, the narrative is losers. This is a franchise that in the last two years, Tom, has added Mark Stone, right? Has added Alex Pietrangelo, Stanley Cup winner in, in, in St. Louis, who had a great series, by the way. He's had a great playoffs. Definitely worth the money that they paid for him. But you said it. Where was Mark Stone? Zero points in the six games. Zero, right? 0 for 15 on the power play. 4 for 43 in the playoffs on the power play. This this comes down to the ability of the difference between a regular season team and a team that's postseason ready. 
they were the, they were the second best team in the NHL in the in the regular season behind Colorado. Not does not translate when you have to face teams like the Canadians are set up to be. Right? They struggle with Minnesota. They struggle with Dallas last year. Teams that play different styles of hockey. Colorado, that was more in their wheelhouse, right, Tommy? And even I think Tampa. I, I would assume that Tampa initially would have been in my mind that style with Colorado, but the more I watch Tampa in this series with the Islanders, Tampa can play both ways, and we saw that. So is it the coaching, Tom? Is it, is it the front office? Is it the owner meddling in there? Who knows? I know George McPhee very well. He built my capitals, but we buck Showalter his ass, right? Once he left, we won. That, you know, when you look at it, some guys are great talent evaluators, and then I don't know where they try to get too cute at some point because they want to win so badly that they, you know, they make these changes. And Vegas was in a great opportunity to use the salary cap that they had to add these star pieces around them. Well, now, Tom, that window is closing dramatically fast. Maybe, maybe two years at the current rate of what they have because it just capped out. And, and you're going to see that this year. One of their best players in the playoffs, other than Peter Angelo, on the defensive back end, Martinez, right, Tommy, from the Kings. They picked him up from the Kings last year. Stanley Cup winner, added that veteran in the locker room. He played his ass off. Turns out he had a broken foot the whole time, and he still played his ass off. Well, he's free agent. I don't have the money to pay him. They're going to have to do something here. And then it comes down to what do you do next year, right? Is Pete DeBoer... You're not going to fire him. He's coming back. But what has he done since they fired Gallant, who, by the way, is now in, in your neck of the woods as the Rangers head coach, which I think was an excellent hiring. What, what, what are they going to do with DeBoer? In, in two years, Tom, in two years, he, he's managed to, to lose in the playoffs. But he's coming back. And now I read today that Marc-Andre Fleury came out in the press and said, oh, I want to come back. And I, I think Robin, you know, I want us to be together and a great tandem. Well, Mark's just trying to, to make sure he gets that $7 million next year. I hate to say it, Tom, but that's the way I read it is Mark wants to get that $7 million last, next year. It's the last year of his contract. Leonard gets paid five. That's $12 million wrapped up in, in goaltending. You think they're going to do that again? I don't think so. I mean, in my mind, I'm saying that you can't do that. But who knows with Las Vegas? Because they, they bank on Flurry being this uh, fan favorite so much, they don't want to upset the fan base. If I'm Robin Leonard, Tom, who's been just chastised in this playoff series for uh, winning, basically. He won. He put him in a situation to be further along in the playoffs. When they needed it, he got the win. He's in the prime of his career. He came to Las Vegas to be the man. You think I want Marc-Andre Fleury sharing goal time with me? Hell no. What they need to do, if they want to free up money, you got to let Fleury ship him off somewhere eat. Get that $7 million under under uh, control. You're probably going to lose Martinez. That's $3 million a year minimum. Well, right now you got $10 million to play with. You know, it's a completely different situation. And instead of buying superstars, Tom, let's buy role players. They're going to win in the playoffs for you. they got to be playoff tough. And looking at that Vegas team, it's easy to see all this offense. Let the milk cards. It's not even Stone, right? It's Carlson. It's Marcia Show. Where were they in the series? Montreal had the excellent, perfect game plan. They... they uh, perfected it to a T, and oh, by the way, that's without having their head coach the last three games. My hat's off to Canadians. Vegas, losers. And, and that's really one of the things that I lost. I mean, there are no excuses. This team, yes, they didn't even have the head coach. I, I like to check out losses with the reaction of the fan base, right? Think about, and we're going to go to very recent history here. Well, let's think about the Buffalo Bills. Right? Right. Buffalo, Buffalo Bills get knocked off. They get knocked off in a playoff series. They, they got close, right? I mean, they got very close in a playoff game. Their fan base, what did they say this year? All right, hey, we're going to run it back. We think we go, we're on the field with them 10 times. We got a chance to win six of the 10. Um, our team's growing. We're, we're getting better. Uh, we don't really need to add much, you know, a couple things here and there. But overall, man, we, we have the core. We know we're, we're going to be fine. Go back to Major League Baseball, right? The Dodgers kept losing and losing and losing. They said, okay, we're going to add here and there. Look, we're rolling with these guys. This is who we're doing. This is what we're doing. If your team loses and you go, all right, we're going to run it right back. Don't you have confidence in it? You feel good about it. The Vegas Golden Knights lost. Within hours, I heard about this kid, Jack, in Buffalo. Maybe that's the trade target, right? Didn't you see that everywhere? Oh, yeah. 
Let's go get a superstar. Yeah, yeah, let, let, let's make, fit that in. I heard, who are we getting rid of? Which, which superstar goalie are we getting rid of? There is no confidence with Vegas Golden Knights fans. And there shouldn't be. There's no gonna, not going to be any confidence with, with the team. Look across the ice, Tim. What do you have? We all talk about Gary Price, who has been phenomenal. Nick Suzuki's 21 years old. He has 20 points in 26 playoff games. Caulfield had 8 points in 14 playoff games at 20 years old. Uh, KK tried Gretzky and Madonna with 9 goals before the age of 21. He can take the lead all time. Three insane players. 20, 20, and 21 years old. Look across the way. Look across the way to Tampa. You go, yeah, look, they got some older guys on their heads. Braden Point. Braden Point's the guy. Vasilevsky, what is he, 27, 28 years old? Still in, in his prime. Oh, okay. You know what? We lose. If, if Tampa Bay loses or if Montreal loses, what are they going to do? Hey, we're running the back. Man. Look at the team we have. This is phenomenal. Uh, we'll tinker a little bit here and there, but we got it. Vegas loses and it's okay. Huge changes. We need to do crazy stuff. Why? Because you don't have confidence. Because we've watched this movie before, Tim. How many times are you going to get to the playoffs? And how many times are you going to get bounced? And don't sit back and tell me it was a fluke. Because I've heard that. You're lucky to be here. Vegas fans, you should have been knocked out by Minnesota, who you were woefully unprepared for. Minnesota was a team that if Vegas was a champion, you should have stomped on. Now, again... Earlier in the show, I said a win is a win is a win, and they got out of that with seven games. That wasn't a Vegas team that I felt comfortable with. You struggled. You said, Vegas fans, you struggled mightily in that series and probably shouldn't have been here. Then you went out there, and they brought their game up against Colorado. I could not be more impressed. Right? Could not be more impressed against what they did against Colorado. And then they were out beat by Montreal. I would say that in this, uh, and, and they were, look, let's be honest, you were thoroughly beat by Montreal. It, it wasn't game seven overtime. No, 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 no. They beat you. After losing that first game, what did they do, Tim? They, they won four of the next five. Okay, they, they won four of five. So I don't want to hear this, oh, you know, real good series, couple of, couple of things go our way. No, 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 no. They thoroughly beat you down. They had you frustrated on the power play. They, 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 they were setting records for power play numbers. And you want to bring the tape back? We have Demond do that, you know, next week. We want to bring the tape all the way back to my preview of this series, Tim. And what did I tell you? The number one thing that nobody was talking about was Montreal's power play. Well, guess what? Everyone's talking about it now. And the Vegas lack of a power play. And the fact that their captain disappeared. And the fact that their coach decided to start a... a Goalie controversy. A goalie controversy during game five of the, the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Eastern Conference Final, whatever we're calling it. You know what I mean? The final to get there. I, I, during a game five, he starts a, 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 a goalie controversy. Him. What is this complete mismanagement of this team from top to bottom? This is a situation where you do not roll this back. You don't. I think you scrap the whole thing. I think you burn it to the ground, and you rebuild, and you go, you know what? This ain't working for us. We got to start over. But that's not going to happen, Tom. <laughs> no chance. No chance. They're going to run it back again. And guess what? Vegas is going to be very good next year. Vegas is going to get to the playoffs next year. Vegas will probably win a playoff series, maybe two next year. And we're going to be back in a very similar situation. Vegas isn't going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. And all these expert fans out here. Oh, we're, you know, we're the best. Yeah, you're the best. Regular season, you guys are excellent. When I look at it, and I, I can already hear it. Well, you guys know what you're talking about. They've been in the playoffs. They've been in the Stanley Cup. You're right. You're absolutely right. They won game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs and lost four straight to the Caps in their first year. Well, they're their expansion team. They should have been there to begin with. Okay. Next year, right, Tom? You finish third in your division, make the playoffs, and in the first round you get beat by the Sharks. Oh, well, the refs screwed us in that series. We should have never lost that game. You're right. You should have never lost that game, but you blew two games before that when you had opportunities to win the series. Next year, you go all the way to the conference finals, and then Dallas bounces you four games to one. Well, it was in the bubble, right, Tom? That doesn't count. And now this year. Well, DeBoer changed the goalie on us. Vegas fans have, have no idea what they're talking about. They don't look at what's 
plain to see to everybody else outside of this city, right, was that, and if DeMond wants to run tape back, let's go back to when we previewed the series. And what did I say, Tom, that could be the key for Montreal? The veterans that they have in, the, in that dressing room, in a Shea Weber, in a Corey Perry, in a Carey Price, and you mix that with the, the youth that came to play, the Andersons, and oh, by the way, the Nick Suzuki, who you traded for Patch already, where was he in this series, Tom? It all comes back to bite you in the ass somewhere. And I, that's complete mismanagement from the top all the way down to the coaching staff. I don't even blame the players. I blame it from the top down. But we know what the players are. They're hired young guns, right? Wasn't that the whole thing about this team? The misfits, the young guns. Well, when you hire young guns, look what happens sometimes. Tim, here's the dose of reality. There are no excuses for this. The dose of reality is this. Guys, outside of Vegas, you're not going to like this. It was very obvious that the refs were screwing Montreal. The refs were in Vegas' pocket. That was obvious to everybody. Everybody. They made shirts in Montreal. You saw that. Shirts. Because the, the referee was so favoring in Vegas, and he still couldn't win. Your fan base, Chris called us up when we said, you know what, I wonder who you're going to in Game 6. Are you guys crazy? Chris Wynn couldn't believe that they would ever possibly. We're insane. It was just a day off. They would never put Robin Leonard back in there. They did that. That's self-created. It was all self-created. This is, you know, you go back and you look at the series and you go, oh, it's four games to two. But just like what happened, you know, what, what, two years ago, right? Or Stanley Cup final three years ago. One game won. And then they thoroughly beat you. I think the coaching is poor. I still believe uh, that, that they fired the wrong coach, right? I think the coaching is poor. I think the upper management is poor. I think leaning on a guy like Mark Stone to be your captain who comes up this, this low when you need him most is poor. And I look at next year and I go, do you guys, look, Mark Andre Fleury had a phenomenal year. Do you really believe that it's in the best interest of your team to bring back Mark Andre Fleury for this money? And to expect him to be as good, even though you were fine with him being benched. He was benched in the most important two games of their season. Tim, there's no way Mark Andre Ford should come back. Now, Vegas, I will say this. Vegas, Golden Knights, upper management is in a very tough spot. Because they, they want to hang Mark Andre Ford's jersey up in the rafters already, right? I mean, he is Vegas sports right now. I mean, he's the guy. He's everything. And they want to make him that guy. They want to force him to be that guy, by the way, with no ring. But I get it. It's a new franchise. The standards are a little bit different. They want him to be that. They, they almost have to, which means they're going to carry, what do you say, $12, $13 million between two goals next year. Tim, I think he's coming back. But, man, every single instinct says he shouldn't. If I'm Robin Leonard, I don't want him back. <laughs> you know, he's Robin Leonard's 29 years old. He's going to be 30 when they start the, the regular season. He's in the prime of his career. He's already proven where what he could do in previous stops in Chicago and New York. By all rights, the reason he came was to be the guy there, right? That, that's the reason they brought him there, Tom, was to have the next guy up for when Flurry stepped aside. Just Leonard ran into some concussion issues this year, and, and Flurry just got hot, you know. And my hat's off to Mark andre Flurry as well, and I understand what – the uh, the population of Vegas and how they relate to him after everything that happened with this this team and uh, the the incident a few years back here I get all of that and if you want to put his raft, uh, jersey in the Raptors and do so but that doesn't mean he needs to come back next year and you need that seven million dollars could be used uh, that seven million dollars is needed Tom to make this team better and if you have to move a superstar away and we've seen it happen Tom he was superstar in Pittsburgh. And came here. They they had them jettison him as well. It's been four years. He was a much better goaltender four years ago. So if sometimes that, that's just the, the the way sports is. And if he re, if he moves away, I don't think he's ready to retire. So that's the problem they're going to have. But I think you're right. I think he does come back. And I think they eat up to a million. And I do think they're going to be good next year. And I do think they're going to be in the playoffs. And I think they might even make the the Cup Finals, Tom. But anything short of winning. It's a nail, right? We've already talked about that on the show for well over a decade. At the end of the day, there's one champion, and it's not the Vegas Golden Knights. Tim, the thing is, though, is that you know this. 
you watch sports long enough and people that are listening have watched this long enough to understand. It's very difficult to continue to climb that And we watch it in all sports where a team is going, what happened to them? They were so good for three, four, five years. And then they just, it's hard to continue to climb that mountaintop, even if your team comes back pretty solid, and, and to get back, and to get back, and to get back, and to get so close, and so close. Usually what happens is, if you take a, a stab like this, and you fall backwards, usually what happens is, uh-oh, you have that just awful season, right? Where everything just falls apart, nothing seems to work. You have that ridiculous kind of season. I hope that it's not for Vegas, but I'm not counting it out, Tim. I think you're right. Their hands are tied. They're bringing back $12, $13 million worth of goalies. They're bringing back Mark Stone as, as the captain. They're bringing back a lot. And I'm starting to see, you know what, you look at this scenario, you look at what Vegas has done. It's four years of a lot of success without getting that championship. It's four years of asking these guys to continue to roll back and continue to just be honest with yourself and say, okay, here we go. Are we good enough? This year, Tim, last year, Tim, three years ago, Tim, and four years ago, they were not good enough. They just weren't good enough. I don't know if you can look yourself in the mirror if you are the Vegas Golden Knights players. Look yourself in the mirror and say, Okay, we're going to be good enough next year. This is a tough loss to get over. They knew the odds. Players tell you all the time. And you know, I, I talk to players, and I go, you, know, you guys know the odds. They go, every player's going to tell you they don't know the odds. We all know the odds, okay? Hey, they knew the odds. They knew how they were supposed to win. They knew the emotion of Colorado should have carried over. They, this was Vegas' year. I, I told you, this is Vegas' year. Whoever walks away from that Colorado game is going to win the Stanley Cup. I was full on board, Tim. Full on board. They know that, too. These are humans. This is not just video game guys, right? They have emotions. They're going home to their wives, their children. They're going home, and they know this should have been our year. What went wrong? What happened? How did this happen? Maybe you can get past that for one year. Four years in a row, some of these guys are going home going, I don't know what happened. So why do you think it's going to work again? How do you possibly think it's going to work if they're going to be asking themselves, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it went so wrong. But we do. They're not a playoff team. They're not built that way. And again, next year, look, Tom, you're going to play in a division with the Kings who are rebuilding, the Sharks who need to rebuild, the Ducks who are rebuilding, the Coyotes who are rebuilding, and an expansion Seattle team. They're going to be very good next year. And that gives false promise. And a lot of people believe that you can ride that ego and ride uh, regular season success to the playoffs. Well, us in Las Vegas and Vegas Golden Knight fans know in the playoffs, we're a big zero and four when it comes to winning cups. And that a lot of that is the the business side of it that ruined it for me was that the NHL did what they did to create a winner right off the bat. Well, you got that money, right, Tom? You got that sold out arenas. You get the ticket revenue, TV revenue. What you get is disappointment come postseason. And until they win a cup, that's the way it's going to be. I mean, there's no way to change that other than doing what we say they can't do, and that's win, Tom. I, I, I would make a bet right now, best record in the NHL, Tim, but I'd also make a bet that they're not winning the cup next year. No. I'm with you on that side of the bet. Put the odds up. Where, where are we going to be at? And I think a lot of people would join us on that bet. I don't think it's so sided towards – uh, Vegas, when you look at the rest of the country, and when we come back from the timeout, we're going to talk about the final, and there's uh, just an unbelievable series we saw in the Eastern Conference Final. We'll, we'll break that down, and then we'll look at the, the matchup with Tampa and Montreal game one tomorrow, Stanley Cup Finals. It's going to be a good one. Final segment on the way, Heway Sports Saturday night, Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Now back to Heatwave Sports. Bro.
Make sure you tune in tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, for the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heat Wave Sports. We will, of course, look at NBA Eastern Conference Final Game 3, Milwaukee and Atlanta. We're going to go over some of the new head coaches in the National Basketball Association. We'll break down Stanley Cup Game 1, Major League Baseball Week in review, and we'll get to a, a good topic that Tommy and I are going to save for tomorrow night because we want to have enough time to break down for you. The, the MVP race in Major League Baseball. Vladdy Jr., Otani, it's going to be fun summer to watch those two guys battle it out for the MVP. And I know Tom wants to throw on the National League side of it as well, the Jacob DeBrom case. We'll look into his statistics a little bit further tomorrow night on the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heat Wave Sports. And Tom, before we break into our Stanley Cup preview, quick note out of the NHL, if you missed it, which many people in Vegas did not, the New York Rangers, the other New York team, the New York Rangers have hired Gerard Gallant to be the next head coach of the Rangers. And uh, I want you to first give your initial thoughts, and then I want you to, to tell the story of the, the quote that you – was. Uh, I think it was a radio interview you had heard that Gallant was asked about Vegas's chances prior to game six of the matchup with Montreal. And for me, look, I think it was a great hire for the Rangers, a franchise that has really struggled for a long time in that – you know, when you play in that market, Tommy, it should be easier, I would think, to acquire star talent. And I think they, again, we'll go back to that same thing, mismanaged from the top, always had problems with the GMs there, team presidents, just it hasn't worked out for them. They've even tried former players, putting them in those roles, and it just doesn't work out for the Rangers. Again, a, a, you know, an original franchise of the National Hockey League. I think this is a good hire. I think this is going to get that young team revved up. They get a coach in there that uh, – demands to be listened to in Gerard Gallant. And, and, you know, really when I look at the whole Vegas atmosphere, Tom, how do you fire a guy in this, during the season and replace him with a guy who also got fired weeks earlier with a team that was worse? I mean, obviously there was problems with the front office in Gerard Gallant, and maybe his act wears on you, Tommy, but at least in New York they're going to get a fresh start here. This team finished fifth place in the Eastern Division this past season and no playoffs, so Good hire in New York, for in my case. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I don't act like I'm a, a you know diehard Ranger fan, but I am a Ranger fan, and I was not happy with the firing, and now I'm happy with the hiring. Um, I believe that a team like this, and this is don't we always say that, Tim? If you're going to fire somebody, you know, tell me who you're bringing in. Um, a team like this that is young that is on the cusp. They are making the right moves. They're in this kind of market. They needed this coach. They needed this coach that's going to come in, demand respect right away, command a room right away, uh, become the face of the franchise in a lot of ways right away. And that's what he is. And he knows that. He knows who he is. He knows what this team is. And he knows his position. I absolutely am thrilled. I'm, I'm thrilled to a point him where I'm not even upset about the firing anymore. And I was. I, I was not happy. You know, I thought they were doing a fine job. But I look at this and I go, no, no, I'm happy. What did, what did Gallant say about Vegas in tongue in cheek? Was it tongue in cheek that he said it? Did he, did he basically say he was rooting against them in, in the uh, talk you had? Basically. <laughs> you know, I heard Gallant um, they, I didn't take it to tongue-in-cheek at all. Um, he was asked basically about Vegas, and um, I, I'm not quoting here, okay? Uh, but basically what he said was, look, I, I was there. We created a winner there. I was winning there, and now they decided to go in a different direction. And I thought we were doing something great. I thought we were on uh, the right trajectory. I, I thought that I, I had success there. They thought differently. And generally speaking, they, they, you know, they said, well, what do you think about you know, uh, you know, the next guy up and, and the team now? And he said, I don't think about them at all. I'm a ranger now. I'm, I'm past that. And right after that, uh, immediately after going, yeah, I don't care about them at all, he was uh, prodded to basically say, well, what do, you, what do you think about them? And in not so many words, he said, yeah, well, they're not going to do it without me. <laughs> you know, um, and, and you know that that was 
the, the general feel. No, Tim, it didn't feel tongue-in-cheek to me. It felt like he was saying, I was winning there. I created this winning culture. This guy takes over, and I'm already seeing his, his terrible decisions. I don't think it was a shot across the bow, but it certainly was. It was. It resonated. It resonated with New York uh, media that, yeah, you know what? This guy came in. He took a, a small parting shot, and, well, you know what? We got the right guy here. Well, basically, hey, I'm a Rangers coach now. That's my focus. But if you're asking me a direct question, uh, I don't think they're going to win, right? I mean, that's what he said, and I don't blame him for being mad. He was, yeah, and, and not only that, he, he, he thinks it's ridiculous that he would get fired with the success that they had with him. You know, yeah. they had immediate success with him. Um, they were building something in his mind. They remember, you know, they, they, they didn't have the greatest, uh, you know, expectations right away. He handled a new, new city, a new franchise team. He handled all of that. And now all of a sudden, what? Oh, DeBoer's there, right? Oh, he, here he is. Okay, what did he do? Didn't, actually, wait a minute. Didn't he do worse now, Tim? Isn't he actually done worse in, in his time than what Galant did? I'm a lifelong Capitals fan. You know that everybody knows that. And we are trained as a little, even as a little tyke, little Timmy was trained that we don't like the Islanders. We don't like the Rangers. We don't like the Flyers and we don't like the Penguins. That's just, that was our division. That was the way it was. Right. So I didn't like Sidney Crosby. Right. I didn't like when Barry Trotz got hired as the coach of the Islanders, and I don't like the, the uh, Gerard Gallant's the, the, the coach of the Rangers now. They're all good. They were all good things for those cities, and I think the Rangers will be very, very good with him at the at the helm. I really do. I mean, I hope they're. I hope they don't, but I think they do because I like the way the Rangers are being built. I think you're right. Quinn did not deserve to be fired. He, had, they were over. You know, they had a better record. They were good. It just takes time, but. I think Galan can push it to the next level. And, and I think that they knew that. You know, again, we say it all the time. Don't judge a trade when a trade immediately happens, right? Judge a trade uh, when you see what the next move is. Don't judge a firing unless you're willing to tell me who's going to be hired. I was not happy with the fire at all. Then all of a sudden I see the hiring and I'm going, okay, now I'm happy. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. Don't replace this with that unless I know what that is. And the minute that I realized who the hiring was, I was 100% on board. So we know how Montreal got to the Stanley Cup Finals. We know that Tampa is going to be their opponent, Tom, going for back-to-back. But when we look at the series with the Islanders, one of the best playoff series I've seen in a long, long time. It goes seven games. It it goes... uh, Back and forth, teams winning on their home ice. The the Islanders run on their home ice in the last two and a half rounds. If you bet them plus money almost every game, Tom, you're sitting very pretty. Other than uh, you and I sitting pretty with Montreal, but I'm saying if we bet the Islanders at home every game, we'd be definitely happy men. And we get a game seven, and we get a one nothing game. You couldn't ask for a better series. It was one of the better, like I said, one of the better series I've seen in many many years. And uh, my hats off to the Islander team. I thought that they just played tremendous. But when it came down to it, Tommy, you want a game seven on your home ice. You want a game seven with a team that's won and you want a game seven with the best goalie. They got all those, they got all those elements in that game seven and still almost lost. If you really look at it, you know, you, you look at the Islanders and you go, what a fitting end to, to the loudest arena in sports. And that is, well, in, uh, in hockey, I should say. And that is uh, the barn on Long Island. It was the last game, game six. I've never heard a louder stadium. It was absolutely insane. And I will tell you what, Tampa really picked it up for their crowd. That third period, specifically, that lasted about six or seven minutes, was deafening. You could, it was insane, absolutely insane. You heard the Islanders talk afterwards. They couldn't even communicate on the bench with each other. It makes me feel good that, first of all, the fans are there. Second of all, that home ice matters, right? I mean, if you were to tell me, Tim, flip the script. If Game Seven's in New York, everybody's losing that game, and that is something that the Islanders can take away from this series. You know, where 
Vegas is going to lower their head because they lost to Montreal. The Islanders are going, we battled with the defending champs to a one-goal, short-handed goal in Game 7 in that arena. And we believe 100% that, you know what, if that was on Long Island, we're winning. This is a success in every way, shape, and form for the Islanders. But now you look at Tampa, and you go, okay, who are you, Tampa? You know, because you are more talented than every team you're going to face. You have the best goalie, and I'm including Price in this, you're the best goalie in hockey right now. But there are times, Tampa, where you're frustrating for your fans. Going seven games against the Islanders is a frustrating experience for your fans. But do you look at it and say they gutted it out, Tim? They, they needed that kind of push to go back-to-back? Because we don't see back-to-back in hockey, right? Did they need that push? Did they need someone to test them? And now they kind of got their heads on straight? Or are we going to look at a situation where, look, the Islands have a good defense, but they don't have a good goalie, right? I mean, their goalie is not very good. He, he's easily the worst of the last four and probably the, the, one of the worst of the last eight. And now all of a sudden you're going to go up against a dangerous price and your offense doesn't quite seem to be clicking the way that it should. Did Tampa Bay kind of come out of this and say, all right, I need that push? Or is this more of, hey, you know what? Tampa Bay showed a little bit of exposure there and they could not get the goal in against a good defensive team in the Islanders, but not a very good goalie. I'm in this position here, Tim, where I'm looking at Tampa Bay and I'm going, everyone's on top of them. They're nearly a three-to-one favorite. I'm seeing a lot of value in Montreal. I'm going to go with the latter of what you said. I think they needed it. I think that push was something that they had to prove that we always talk about the stylistic playoff hockey and a hot goaltender. That's things that we always talk about. Well, the hot goaltender, look, they both are hot, right? I like Vasilevsky. He's younger. He, he's won the, won the cup. Price has not. But Price is a veteran, and he's on fire right now. No doubt about that. But what Tampa showed me in this series with the Islanders, and I'm glad it went seven games, Tom, was that they had to change their style and beat, basically beat the Islanders at their own game. That's something Vegas could not do against Montreal. We saw that. For, for the Mark Stones that disappeared... You know, Brayden Point didn't have the best series, right? Tommy Kucherev banged up in the series. They found other ways to win these win these games, though. And it was proof positive in games five and seven. They went in a hostile environment and didn't come out on, on the win in game six. You said it. The barn. Crazy game six. Game, you know, game four. The Islanders won a, a huge game four. But Tampa won when they had to, and they won playing style of hockey that maybe they're not so accustomed to. We saw Tampa put up a six spot in the series. But we've also seen Tampa put up a one spot and win these games. And when I look at this series from a whole, and I get you, I get you on the value because I don't think people believe that Montreal can do it again. And when we get to this point, Tom, where we're going to have to pick predictions, I don't think they can do it again. And I, and I don't want to say that because I think the story has been unbelievable. But the general public and the media now centers on one series. When they came from behind to beat Toronto 3-1 to one in the first round, that was huge. But you had all these other matchups going on, right? Then in game in series two, they kind of just steamrolled through minute Winnipeg. Ah, well, it's the Canadian division. Like you said last, when we talked on the phone earlier, that, that division sucked. Nobody really looked at it. But now they beat Vegas. Everybody's looking at that, Tom. So I think the line's a little bit adjusted accordingly because they're in this. it's now just one series. But I like what Tampa's done. Carolina was too fast for them, right? Well, they beat, they beat Carolina. Islanders, uh, you know, they play that trapping style of defense. Are they going to be able to win? They did. And now we get put in this situation. I, I, you know, a lot's going to be said in these first two games, how this series is going to go. And I think if Montreal cannot win a game in these first two, two of these first two, it, it, it'll go five at the most, in my opinion. I, and maybe Montreal's at that point now that maybe they're exhausted, Tommy. Who knows? You know, it's a lot's going to be said. Whereas I think Tampa's been there. They've done that. And they have something to prove too, Tom. Teams don't win back-to-back in the NHL. And a goalie that, he's the best goalie. He deserves to be the, the Vezina Trophy winner. But people were talking about Carey Price in this playoffs. People were talking about Marc-Andre Furry in these playoffs. Right? Why aren't they talking about Vaz? They should be. I think that's the difference for me. It's always been about who has the better goaltender 
Vasilevsky's the better goaltender, and I think the team that's won before with this, it's it's veterans, right? They have veterans that have won. That'll come through in the series. If if Montreal can't win in one game in its first two, it's over in five or less. Yeah, I, Tim, we don't disagree often, and I don't think I'm going to disagree at the end. But your path to get there, I, I see a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, look, maybe I bought into this Montreal team, but I look at Montreal as, as the tougher road. You went over the Tampa Bay road. I'm going to go over the Montreal road. You go up against Toronto. You know, Montreal-Toronto is, is devastatingly huge. I mean, it's massive to anybody that doesn't understand it. This is an in-country, uh, lots of pressure on you. You're going up against Matthews, Marner, Tavares, right? Now, look, Tavares went, went down, uh, but to start the series, and you beat them. You were not supposed to get, get here. You backed in, and you beat them. And you go up against big, bad Vegas. Oh, man, you can't win on the road. You can't beat, uh, you know, Mark Andre Fleury. You can't beat them. You lose game one. They lost game one, Tim. Came back, won four of five against Vegas. I think that these kids, 20, 20, and 21 years old, I don't think there's any fatigue. I don't think there's absolutely no tiredness. I think that they are one of those teams that they have no idea how good they are. But that's a good thing right now. There's no pressure on them whatsoever. They are having fun just enjoying going out there. They're playing hockey, and they're going, you know what? We're riding on the back of uh, of Price, but we are having a blast. And I'm starting to look at this team, and I'm going, how did we miss it? How did we miss that these are a bunch of young kids just going out there and getting crazy? Now, on the other side with Tampa Bay, you said it. Look, Kutrov's been backed up, and Edmund was backed up, and and Braden Point, you know, at point, (laughs) was backed up. Vasilevsky is the best goal in hockey. But he hasn't looked better than Price in these playoffs. And I think, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Price has faced better offense. Do I believe that Price can keep it up? I think he can. And I know he's going to get peppered with shot after shot after shot with that tremendous offense of Tampa Bay. Tim, I think the end result, it's nearly impossible for me to sit back and say, I'm not going to take the defending champs. The chance that I picked two years ago, which lost me money, and then I doubled down on them last year to win it all, and I crushed it. The double chance that I've been on for, for years here, I've literally been on for years, it's very hard for me to go against them. But I'm drinking this Montreal formula, man. So when you say, you know what, I, I think Tampa Bay is going to take those games, that, I don't even think, I think they could take the first two games, and it doesn't phase Montreal. So I'm going to tell you, I have to go with Vasilevsky in a Game 7. I've watched how good this Tampa Bay defense can be in a Game 7. I've watched Montreal's scoring struggle at times. And while there's no pressure on them now, a Game 7, I just think is going to be too big for them. So I'm going Game 7 Tampa Bay. But that only means to me, Tim, that I think that this is a coin flip series. You know, if they could be outclassed here. But we expected them to be outclassed against Toronto. We expected them to be outclassed against Vegas. And they weren't. I really want to take Montreal. But I'm not going to do it. I will say that they're going to go seven. And it's going to be a lot of opportunity to make some money on that. I'll give you one more variable here. <clears throat> how underrated is John Cooper as a, as a hockey coach? And I know a lot has to do with where he's at. Never had a losing season in Tampa. He's a hundred and he's a hundred and three hundred eighty seven wins two one eight one eight hundred and eighty seven more wins than losses as the coach there two Stanley Cup finals one win and he holds a distinctive advantage over even if Montreal head coach Ducharme was was healthy even though he shows no symptoms on by the way even if he was healthy a distinctive advantage over the guy in Montreal and Ducharme, and definitely with the bench of they put it together, Richardson and Burke and all them put it together in the playoffs. But Cooper very underrated as a head coach. Well, I'll tell you, all you need to know is when I wanted to bet Montreal. I'm sorry, when I wanted to bet Tampa Bay the second year, 
all I heard was, you know what? They can't bounce back from a loss like that. They can't back, bounce back from a playoff loss like that. And then after they won, I looked at them this year, me and you were talking, and you, either you said it or Chris said it. Somebody said, you know, you know what? It's just too hard to get back to the cup after you win it. You know, that was a bubble win. No, nah, this guy's a great coach. Yeah. yeah, that was Chris, Tom. I loved the bubble last year. <laughs> <laughs> Game one, 5 o'clock tomorrow, Tommy Tampa. You could probably find him minus 200. So, I think that's fair. I, I mean, that's, that's a fair price because they're at home. It's a fair price because... We all know nobody believes in, in this team. It's a fair price. I don't like it, but it's fair. Tommy likes Tampa in seven. I'm going to go Tampa in five. We're both going to go back-to-back with the Lightning. And really, when you want to talk about sports stories, the city of Tampa continues to be a sports story, Tom. We can, we can even delve into that a little bit tomorrow night, too. But unbelievable sports city that gets really no love, man. Uh, no, they don't. And, and it's a great sports city. And what's even better is their parade. I love the fact that you get boat parades, man. Boat parades are awesome. Yeah. You're awesome at TomBartonSports.com. There's no doubt about that. I know you got a baseball play up for tomorrow. You're just the, – the percentage is absolutely amazing. I know people don't want to believe it, Tom, but I wouldn't lie about it. I've, I've sit here and ran it with you. I know what you're doing. It's just craziness that, you know – People think that it can't be what it is, but it, it truly is. You you had an unbelievable month of June. Yeah, month of June is absolutely crushing. It's seventeen and five now in the month of, a month of June, uh, and you guys can get it all. Jump on board. You're going to get the Stanley Cup Finals games. You're going to get the NBA Finals. You're going to get every Major League Baseball game. Jump on board right now at TomBartonSports.com. Tim, tomorrow morning on Sports Garden Network, and you guys can listen in at Wagering Week. Very special guest. We had Michael Kay on the show. And, you know, Michael Kay is the Yankee announcer, and everybody knows from Center Stage, and he's talking about his new book about Center Stage. Really some great, great stories about A-Rod and Jeter, and a great insightful story about um, what he really feels about the kind of, about the sticky stuff, we'll call it. Uh, Michael Kay, I, I hit a nerve, and you're going to hear a different side of Michael Kay if you listen to that interview. Great guy. By the way, you know, a lot of these, these guys get, get uh, you know, a little crazy and all that. They, they're stardom. One of the nicer interviews I have ever done. Man, as a pure professional. Yeah, listen in to Wager Meek, the number one podcast in the sports betting talk category for good reason. And Tom, mine's already downloaded. So as soon as I leave work, you know, I'm listening to Wagering Week with Tom Hart. Sounds good, guys. Thank you very much. Tom Barton, TomBartonSports.com. He has his play up already for tomorrow, so jump on board. Like he said, it's 100 bucks, less than 100 bucks. You get five weeks of service for everything. No additional games, no nothing. Just mention Heatwave Sports to get that extra week. And we're back at it tomorrow night for the Sunday night edition of Heatwave Sports. MLB, NHL, NBA. It's going to be a good two-hour run. For DeMond, Cotton, Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton, have a great sports Sunday. We'll talk to you at 10 o'clock tomorrow night. Heat Web Sports only on Fox Sports Radio.